Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Your dress looks amazing. Thank you. This is the one. This This is the one. (laughs) When I fell in love with you, like when my whole world changed, when I looked at you and I was like, I can't ever do this life without you. Will you marry me? Oh my. (laughs) Will you spend the rest of your life with me? Yeah. You will. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and today is Friday. Therefore, this program will be this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to go through a rundown of everything that's been happening in the nation this week, and a lot has been happening. We're going to go through all those parasocial plays. We got some screams from the pit for you. All the things you've come to know and love here at Game of Roses on This Week in Bachelor Nation. But before we begin that, we must inform you that currently you can get a brand new t-shirt that commemorates, that celebrates the Sauce Wars right now at gameofroses.co. It is a design done by Ella Tolkien, who has done a bunch of our other stuff in the past, including our 4TRR shirt, including our Welcome to the Pit sweatshirt that has a beautiful cartoon of Pace Case and myself sitting in thrones deep at the bottom of the pit. The body of work that Ella Tolkien has done for us for what she calls niche content is <laughs> is gorgeous. I agree. It's perfect. Uh, I just ordered my Sauce Wars t-shirt in cream, so I'm excited oh. about that. Yeah, I really love the Sauce Wars t-shirt. I love the Sauce Wars, uh, generally speaking, but I love any... Mm-hmm. apparel that commemorates it. So It's my favorite war that we're in, for sure. Our first war is a good war. Yes, I agree. And on Monday, we should tell you that we're going to have a very special Digging Deeper coming out if you're on our Patreon. There are crazy things happening in the Bachelor podcast world right now. We've got Gabby, Wendy, and Rachel Recchia doing the rounds on all the official Bachelor Nation podcasts to downplay the competitive nature of their season. They're assuring us, no, 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 (laughs) we're good friends. There's nothing competitive about this. When I said literally traumatic, I didn't mean like literally, literally traumatic. (laughs) Right, it was figuratively literally traumatic. And when I said trauma, I did mean trauma. But uh, we've got Grocery Store Joe and Tear refuting all the critics, upholding the idea that Windekia is just having fun. It's not at all about competition. We got stuff from Vial Files talking about how they think the rose ceremony was staged. We got Chris Conran on Reality Steve talking about Nick Vial. There's going to be a lot in this Digging Deeper. I heard that clip. That clip is excellent. I, I mean, I can't wait to break it down. I just don't see the Sauce Wars de-escalating. I don't know how they end... <laughs> But it ain't a ceasefire. No, how can there be? Because this, as no. as we've talked about, this season of Windekia is very polarizing to everybody who covers the game. 
And that includes the official Bachelor Nation podcast who are forced to uphold the the sauce, as it were, the sauce line, whatever you want to call it. There's also some <laughs> kind of added sauce elements we're getting. We're getting the uh, company take on a certain Madison Pruitt engagement, for instance. God, I, that shit to me. I mean, we're going to get to it. We're now just doing the show before the yeah, show. I'm but- getting ahead of ourselves. Madison Pruitt got engaged. We're going to be covering that in both Bachelor Nation News and Parasocial Plays. Um, But certainly, the official Bachelor Nation podcast weigh in on whether or not they think the uh, engagement was staged. Mind you, she's wearing a fucking microphone as she's being proposed to. So you tell me. And a wedding gown. Yeah, and a wedding gown. Was it staged? I mean... Do you just wake up and put on a microphone just in case and record everything you do that day just in case? No. Not unless you're John Wilson. (laughs) That's right. We'll be covering all of this in our Digging Deeper that's going to come out Monday. And if you want to check out that full episode, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Join us in the bottom of the pit and uh, you can hear what we're going to say about it. I, uh, It's just crazy. Where we're at right now (laughs) in our beloved game is absolutely fucking insane. And speaking of that, we are going to open this week in Bachelor Nation as we open many this week's in bat. This is weeks's in Bachelor's Nations. I don't know what the plural twibbins. of that is. Twins. As we open many twibbins with a game, game of, of roses. roses. State of the game. So we are obviously in, at least in the American game, unprecedented territory with two leads. There's a lot of new game mechanics coming out. The forced separation into two teams, the refusal of roses. Winner's circle. Winner's circles, all of this. But something happened this past week that we thought was worth mentioning and worth discussing. We believe it's a new game mechanic that we are calling running out the clock. As we know, this is a game of time. We've heard that said a bunch of different times from a, a bunch of different players, famously Anna Redman on season 25 of The Bachelor. But how we saw it come into play this past week was in a conversation between Logan and the Dark Lord himself, Dark Lord Palmer. Logan is ITMing throughout the course of this episode that, yes, he's on Team Rekia, but he thinks he wants to be on Team Windy, and he doesn't know how best to approach that. So... You have to understand, he's telling producers this when he's having his ITMs, potentially even off camera. He's telling them, I don't know what I should do. All ITMs are conversations with producers. Yeah, I mean, that that is just out front. You should definitely know that if you're seeing somebody say something in an ITM, they're saying it to a producer. Uh, potentially even being coaxed into saying it by the producer. Nonetheless, the producers are aware of the fact that Logan wants to switch teams, or at least has feelings for Gabby Wendy that he wants to explore. And he's telling them, I think I should tell Rachel Reckia that. So they know this. Now, these are supposedly people who have uh, the, the lead's best interest in mind, and they're trying to help them uh, through their love story, find love. find love, whatever. So instead of telling Rachel Reckia that, the producers get Dark Lord Palmer to appear in a strangely lit scene where it looks like he has a demon risen from hell to have a conversation with Logan in which he takes that information and instead of, again, telling it to Rachel Reckia or Gabby Wendy, he sits on it. He runs out the clock. Furthermore, the producers then cancel the rose ceremony 
disallowing Logan the opportunity to have a conversation with either Rekia or Wendy, forcing him then into the awkward situation of either accepting this rose, knowing that that could potentially backfire, but being his only chance to maybe see if things can work out with Gabby Wendy, or he refuses the rose and becomes one more guy in a line of three who have already refused her rose, uh, Rachel Recchia's rose, and made her feel terrible like she's being rejected. So... And they all... Most of them went home. That too, yeah. Only Meatball, James Meatball, came back through a resurrection. So he knows his odds of staying in the show are very bad if he does that. And so his hands are kind of tied here. Now... This running out the clock mechanic, we've we've seen something kind of hinting at it before, which was in season, what was Michelle Young? Season 18 of Bachelorette, where Ryan Fox showed up to the game with <laughs> folders and, and schematics and strategies and shit like that. You may know this as Foldergate. Right, Foldergate. But the ultimate girl gang, Caitlin Bristow and Tasha Adams did room searches for the first time ever of the players and found these folders. And so they had this information after the limo exits, but before she has gone on a mini date with him. And instead, and they call it disturbing info, by the way, when they find these. And instead, they let her go on this full ice cream truck mini date with him after finding the disturbing info so in this case, they were wasting her time, but they didn't waste a rose, which they did in this case. And they didn't threaten to destroy the entire game. Like, what they're doing with Logan. Okay, so just, just imagine this. You're a producer, and Logan comes to you, and he says, you know, I uh, I know that I'm on Rachel Recchia's team, and I'm trying to explore that relationship, but every time I see Gabby, I'm feeling some type of way, and I, I really think I owe it to both of them to be honest about that. And to see if Gabby wants to pursue something. Because I don't want to waste anybody's time and I don't want to fuck shit up. He's telling producers that. Producers then say to themselves, Well, we should tell Rachel Recchia and Gabby about this. We should set up a meeting immediately between all three of them. Or we don't do that and we have him talk to Dark Lord Palmer. We use that as an entire segment in the show and we never let him talk to them. We cancel the rose ceremony specifically so this will come back to blow up in his face. So they get a villain edit out of it, which is going to be next week. They're going to destroy Logan. He's going to get death threats, all of it. Uh, and they're going to destroy Rachel Recchia because she's now going to feel rejected again. And they're going to destroy Gabby Wendy, who's going to have to make this strange choice, which they will force her to do, to accept him into her team because that will uh, promote the most drama, of course. And that's all assuming that this wasn't instigated by the producers all along, that he was like, I'm torn. I like both of them. And they're like, we think you might be better with Rachel Recchia. Like, go and give Recchia a chance. And like, we will allow for you to switch back. It's not, you know, forever. Yes. This is just assuming that that didn't happen. Because in a season where you're trying to actively pit your leads against each other, as the document seems to be presenting itself, what a great moment. What a great cliffhanger if you can get the person to, after the All Eggs, One Basket round, switch switch crowns that they're pursuing. Of course. I, I think that was their goal from the beginning. I think they were seeking a player to do this probably from night one, and they found mm -hmm. that player in Logan. Now, to me, the kind of escalation of this 
is the DLP component, the Dark Lord Palmer component, the Jesse Palmer component, that right. interview, that produced segment where they had to get Dark Lord Palmer to come and sit down with him, have that conversation. Spend three hours lighting the whole scene. Right. And I think ultimately it was to keep Logan busy. Had they not done that, he might have found Gabby or Rachel. He might have just gone to their room mm. and had the conversation. So instead, they tie him up with Dark Lord Palmer and they escalate. I mean, couldn't they do that with an ITM, though? Yeah, I think they could have. But I mean, they already had the ITM. We saw that footage. They already had him telling other players this. They are, are not telling other players, but uh, telling producers this in the ITMs. Right. But if they're just trying to waste his time, I mean. Yeah, I, certainly they could have done that. But I think they're... I, I don't know why they chose to to incorporate Dark Lord Palmer because it shows their hand a little too much. Yeah, they could have just not shown this conversation, just show him telling an ITM, telling the other guys, second audience, and not implicate the third audience, the producers. Right. I mean, I don't think the average viewer is thinking that this implicates the third audience at all, the producers. But I I mean, for <laughs> us, it obviously does. Because yes. we're sitting there saying like, well, wait a minute, why the fuck is Dark Lord Palmer talking to him about this and then not telling Gabby and Rachel in the opening episode of this season, he was like, I'm here with you. We're going to go through this together and I got your backs. And it's like, he's clearly not got their backs. He's withholding drastically important information from them. I mean, we predicted at the beginning of the season that the manipulation of the season would become much more overt by the producers just due to the structure and them having to force different numbers together. But, and also I think we should say like, we're not saying this to sound negative to us. This is just an objective fact that we seem to see these, the leads getting pitted against each other and not getting the best edits from the producers. Um, but we do feel like we have to talk about everything that's happening in this sport that is of what course. we saw in the document, and we don't think it's a good thing for the show. And it's, you know, if you're covering a sport, it's your obligation to discuss things in the sport that could be done better. I completely agree. I, every professional sport goes through, you know, certain times where, like, shit is bad and the fans are kind of against the sport. I mean, shit, baseball has fucking strikes. Some baseball seasons get cut in half because the players are just like, fuck this, we're out. And they stop playing baseball in the middle of the fucking season, you know? Which I actually find pretty interesting, talking about unionization play. But they actually have a player's union, like a, a real legitimate one. But yeah, I just think we're at a time in the game right now. I mean, and this is the, the time of Twibben when we talk about the state of the game, where the producer's manipulation is now, it's overtly sinister. They're like very clearly trying to fuck as many people up as they can. And this, to me, was like the most blatant evidence of it. You've got the host of the show mm -hmm. sent in to tie up a guy who just wants to talk to the leads. Honestly, he just wants to talk to them and say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I think I want to do. And they don't allow it. They bury the information. They expose the information to the fourth audience, which is going to help build this guy's villain edit. So Logan is fucked now. Like there's no two ways about it. And get ready mm -hmm. when they bring him back on the Mentel All. That hot seat ain't going to be fun because Jesse Palmer's going to hold him accountable for all of it. And I don't think he's going to have the wherewithal to say anything. But no, I think DLP is going to apologize for running <laughs> off the clock. <laughs> Logan, if you're listening, and I hope you are, this is a message directly to you. When they bring you into that Mentel All and they sit you in that fucking hot seat and they try to pin all of this on you. You look directly back at DLP, that's Dark Lord Palmer, that's Jesse Palmer, that's the host of the show, and you say, 
Jesse, <laughs> I I sat there and told you about this. I told producers about this, and none of you let me talk to them. This is on you. Please say that. Just please give us that one moment where a player is honest about what happened. There's a 0% chance that makes an edit, even if he does say it. Okay, then don't say anything else. And you don't get your hot seat. Make them fucking Heather Martin you. Force them to disappear you from the edit so that we all have to wonder. Do a forced Heather Martin. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Do you remember when we thought Chase Rice was one of the most manipulative things that they had ever done on the show when they brought him in for Victoria Fuller's date on Popeye's season? Oh. So innocent were we back then. We were, yeah, we were babes in the woods at that point. Jesus Christ. I mean, that was sinister, but like nothing compared to what we just saw. A lot of these things are of the same piece for me. The panic attack room is also like that for me. You're actively hurting this person's chances at finding their ring, their their best ring winner for them. Yes, but the panic attack room at the very least is still like all the players are in the same situation. We're going to put you all in the panic attack room and see what happens. See who can come out of that. You know, that still is like, play your game. Can you handle this thing we're throwing in? That's just kind of a curveball-esque thing. The shit they're doing right now with Logan threatens to blow up the entire season. It affects everyone. And we still have multiple players. Like, how many players are left? 18 or something, 19. There's still a lot of players left. By withholding this information, it's going to fuck up Rachel. It's going to fuck up Gabby. It's certainly going to fuck up Logan. Guess what? It's going to fuck up everybody else, too, because now Rachel's going to have to go to her team and be like, look, he fucking left to go to Gabby's team. If there's any of you other motherfuckers thinking about leaving, get out now. And that's going to put them in a fucking type of mood. Then Gabby's team is going to have to absorb him into their team. And she doesn't get to pick another person to get to know. Exactly. So she's just down one. Gabby's team is going to have to take on the weight of another player. All those guys are going to hate him. They're also going to wonder now about Gabby and their connection. Like, well, if she's taking in some fucking random guy from the other team, what does that mean about my connection? It's going to derail everything for at least an episode. The only solace that I can find in any of this is that maybe all of it's acted. Maybe none of it's real. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, if, if the emotions and the psychological trauma and the damage that they're going to cause from this aren't real and everybody's just kind of on there for Instagram, like whatever, then we're just watching pro wrestling. I just don't think they're that good actors. I don't either. I don't think it is false. I, I mean... You know, say what you will about their emotional connections and are their relationships real? I don't know. But I don't think that they're all in on this. I think Logan is really being used as a pawn in a situation where the producers are trying to manufacture a fence jump moment, a all is lost moment. The season is fucked. I'm out of here type thing. And he just happened to be the guy who took the bait. I do think there is like bait. They put out bait. They probably pushed a couple guys and were like, you can switch back if you want. We wouldn't say no. Yeah, I think so. And he's the one who's going for it. Totally. I Logan does not strike me so far as somebody who's get, like a genuine villain. If they're going to cut him into a villain, it's all going to be edit and it's going to be the forced manufacturing of the circumstance that they put him in. I'm not sure. I've seen some some swirlings, some swirlings about the social medias. Oh, like what? What swirling? Make me think a villain edit might be coming. What are they? What are these swirlings? I don't like to report on swirlings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a new segment. Swirlings. Yeah, the running out the clock element is interesting. We've definitely seen 
you know, so-and-so wants to say blah, blah, blah to X crown, but then they are, they have a forced turtle. The cocktail party is canceled, but I don't think we've ever seen anything on this level. And clues. And I just thought it would be good to take a moment and really delve into the, the implications of the running out the clock. Well, especially as it pertains to what they are able to do to the game mechanics in service of whatever their Machiavellian schemes might be. Like the game now is just falling apart because traditionally Mm -hmm. the game is you get to talk to them at cocktail parties, especially if you're in a a circumstance like him where there's got to be an important kind of gameplay decision made. Do I try to switch teams or not? To take that away from him and to take it away from him in, in such a grand fashion where they bring in DLP to have a private conversation about it. And they light it so badly. <laughs> I liked the lighting. I thought it was very sinister. But to <sighs> to just take that information and bury it, to tell it to no one, especially the, the parties that most need to hear it, the leads. I mean, we've just not seen something like this. This overt anyway. Like they're putting it right in our faces. They're expecting the audience to watch this and not think that they're manipulating I don't know. I, I don't know really what's going on. I, I don't know. I, I mean, we say that and then I like immediately my mind goes back to Bentley with Ashley Hubert. But at least in that situation, Bentley wasn't saying stuff to Chris Harrison being like, fuck Ashley. He was saying it in his ITMs, which are presented more as a person's like private diaries that a producer wouldn't share. Right. As opposed to going directly to a producer. Yeah. And also, though, that was a a bit of a different thing because he was like openly, I'm a fucking villain playing a game. Watch me play the game. Ha ha ha. He Mm -hmm. was like taking a kind of uh, morose pleasure in the destruction of like the the construct of the game, the lead, all of it. This is not that. I think in this case, at least what Logan is portraying is that he really does want to try and explore something with Gabby and he doesn't know how to get off of Team Windekia or Team Windy, sorry. And so he's mm-hmm. like kind of at a crossroads and needs help. He's going to DLP to like get help in this situation. And the help is, fuck you, we're going to destroy your life. But I can't wait for our next big game. No, it's going to be very interesting. But yeah, we put our plea out here that if there's any re-editing to do to maybe not shit on your lead so much, we would love that. I just, I don't know what the outcome of this season is going to be. But this notion that like they're not pitting them against each other or anything like that, the construct of the season of having two leads necessarily means they will be compared to one another for the rest of their lives. Let's say that they both wind up with a ring winner like at the end of the season. We're at the after the final rows. It's Mm -hmm. each of them sitting down with whoever. We're now going to be actively watching both of those relationships to see which one lasts the longest. Let's say they both get married. Who's going to have the most kids? Who's going to get married first? Whose kids are going to go to what colleges? Like, it just never ends. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, it makes me think of that Rachel Lindsay article, which we can get to, but she basically said, I signed a contract for just the time that I was on Bachelor and Bachelorette. I don't owe people updates about my relationship. Yeah. On social media. Exactly. None of the players owe anyone anything. It's just that if you're making your living off of that number next to your head, how do you keep that number as high as you want it to get whatever rates you have? And if you feel obligated to keep talking about your relationship or whatever the thing is in your life that keeps that audience for you, that the show gave you, 
then you might feel obligated to talk about it. Rachel Lindsay, maybe one of the best in the business, has pivoted away from that shit. She has maintained a large mm-hmm. percentage of her audience without talking about The Bachelor or any of that shit anymore. She is doing something completely different. She did an extraordinary parasocial play this week that we'll get to. Indeed. Okay, so that is State of the Game. We're going to move on now to the next segment of our program in which we discuss all those beautiful gains. This week in Gains. We begin our game segment as we begin it every week by discussing the ratings of our beloved game. The fourth episode of the historic Wendekia season 19 of The Bachelorette pulled in a 0.72 in the 18 to 49 year old demographic with 3.14 million viewers overall. These numbers were only down about 1% from last week, and they were enough to dominate the network landscape with more than double the demo rating of their next closest competitors, which were American Ninja Warrior on NBC, The Neighborhood on CBS, and don't forget the lyrics on Fox. And if you go all the way down to the CW, which is considered a network, you find a program called Roswell, New Mexico. A brand new episode aired this past Monday night. It drew in a 0.0 in the demo with 440,000 viewers. This is a network television show in the year 2022. A 0.0 is enough to get on the air. Unfucking believable. <laughs> R.I.P. Bad Judge. (laughs) (laughs) And now for the crown gains, the horse race between Gabby, Wendy, and Rachel Recchia to get 1 million Instagram followers. Some might call this horse race the Blanco race. The lovable dingbat, Gabby Wendy, continues to maintain the lead, still picking up over double the rate of Recchia, gaining 33K, bringing her to 596K total this week. Rachel Rachel Recchia picked up 16K, bringing her to 416K total. Wendy gained 2.3K on TikTok, bringing her to 32.6K total, and Recchia gained 8.9K, bringing her to 67.7K total. We haven't been tracking Dark Lord Palmer's gains, but because of his French play this week, it made us change our minds, and he is at 168K right now. I checked an old Bachelor data post, and he was at 151K in the Clayton finale. So he is not getting very large Instagram gains from hosting. No, I doubt that he will. I I feel like it'll just be a steady kind of... 5 to 10K a season. So he's got to put in like 70 more seasons. I think he gained more than that Mm. last season, though. So, but maybe his first one, he's going to get the most. And now for the top five Instagram gains chart for the players of Bachelorette season 19. The gold medal in gains goes to Tino Franco. He gained 8.2K for his, all of his discussion about how people in construction get married really young, <laughs> bringing him to 17.4K followers total. The silver medal in gains goes to package deal player Nate Mitchell. He gained 7.6K followers this week, bringing him to 17.4K total. The bronze medal in gains goes to my MVP, Jason Alabaster. He gained 3.9K this week for his shy style mastery and one-on-one rows, bringing him to 6.9K followers total. And fourth place goes to Tyler Norris. He gained 3.2K for his pre-planned poem 
and that group date rose win bringing him to 11.1k followers total. And rounding out the top five, fifth place in gains goes to Zach Shalcross. He gained 3k this week, bringing him to 9.5k followers total. And now for the top five total Instagram chart, this is as of today, Thursday, August 4th. Magician Robert Roby Sobieski held the lead with 35.1K total. This night one guy is hanging in there. Will he be taken down? I doubt it. Because the next closest is a player who also is no longer with us. Jordan Vandergriff, who had a his first one-on-one day execution, he held second place at 31.1K. Third place, I think, is the one who is going to overtake them both shortly. That is Nate Mitchell. He has 23.1K total, and he is consistently getting some of the most screen time each episode. Tino Franco's in fourth place at 17.4K total. And rounding out the top five is Eric Schwer with 12.1K. I could see Roby Sobieski sticking in the top five. For the whole season. Yikes. I know. I think you might be right. I mean, that's something to watch. Time will tell. Now for the top five TikTok chart. Ethan Kang is the only one really gaining anything in this space this week with a gain of 777, bringing him to 1.8K total. And the top five remain. Number one, Alec Garza at 22.5K. Matt LeBaugh has 16.2K total in second place. And Chris Austin is in third with 8.9K. And it's those pesky young twins sticking around in fourth and fifth place at 6.2K. <laughs> Again, none of these players are in the game still. It's unreal. Top five TikTok chart. But, you know, it's like we we look at this. Obviously, we talk about Instagram. We talk about social media following. And it's a very important part of the, the game to be played after the main game. It's where many players can make a living. It's arguably a big part of the main game. I mean, it's not because they literally take your cell phone away from you and you can't post during shooting. Even if you're out of the game, they don't let you fucking post until everybody's back home. Nonetheless, the gains have been tapering off, at least on Instagram, over the past couple of seasons. And this season, I think, so far is like the slowest growth we've seen yet. And I don't know what that's attributable to. I have to think it's the edit. The way they're uh, presenting all of these players, we get to see very little of any of them. The boxing date, for example, we saw almost none of the actual date. I I saw Jesse Palmer posted something about the fight between Kirk and whoever he fought. I forget. He said it was like a brawl and I wish you could have seen the whole fight and all this shit. And we didn't see any of it. Hmm. Maybe they didn't want us to see Kirk (laughs) hurting himself really badly and then going home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, that is what happened. I think Kirk lost that fight and then got eliminated. I'm not surprised the crown gains are lower. All we're seeing are their lowest moments. Yeah, but like the crown gains, like for Gabby Windy at least, are pretty commensurate with what we've seen in the past few seasons for crowns. You know, mm-hmm. that's not like tapered off really. It has from five seasons ago. Sure. Yeah, from five seasons ago, but not from two or three. She seems to be like a, a kind of contemporary rate of gain. But these guys are not. And I think it really has to do with the edit that like, I still don't really have a firm idea about who any of these people are other than Nate. Honestly, I know he's got a kid and that's about it. And he really likes Gabby. And that's as far as I go. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other, any other fact. (laughs) He's, he's got a good 40 RR game. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, well, 
I mean, there is a content vacuum still in the TikTok space, at least. And I would say other players should jump in. Ethan Kang leading the pack this week. Yeah, you got nothing to lose. Start making TikToks. Whoever you are out there, start making TikToks. Logan, if you're listening, start making a TikTok like what I wish I would have gotten to tell Rachel Reckia last episode. You can start rewriting your narrative a little bit. If the producers are giving you a bad edit, like that is what social media is for during the watchback. It's to say, no, here's how it actually happened. Now, you have to be very careful that you don't get sued, obviously. But if you do it in a funny way, in a fun way, it's going to work every fucking time and it's going to be huge. And if there is a serious enough villain edit, prepare your PTC. I was going through a really rough time, which is basically what Hayden did. Yeah, have that PTC TikTok draft ready to go. And you're going to launch that as soon as your episode airs. But then also launch your counter narrative. Here's what actually happened or here's what I wish would have happened. Here's what I wasn't allowed to do, et cetera, et cetera. Or even here are other aspects of my personality to judge me off of that are in addition to the edit. I mean, the person I see doing this a lot and maybe because she called attention to it, is Anna Redman. Yep, she did it pretty well. She is prolific on TikTok. But I mean, Katie Thurston, I think, was really the, at least in my mind, she was the one who really kind of started this thing when she defended Hunter Montgomery against his bad mm, at it. Yeah. She came out and defended a player on her season saying, this is not actually accurate, he's a good guy, et cetera, et cetera, to try and take some of the heat off of his villain at it. Do you think we could see... One of Windekia doing that? Hell no. Absolutely not. Yeah. That's the problem with the two the two crown thing. They're not going to risk it. No. Even in the face of what they're doing to them. the I mean, you know, we're going to get to it in Digging Deeper right. uh, on Monday. You, you're definitely going to want to hear that. But there's some clips where Rachel Reckia is basically saying that the watchback is the hardest part for her. That the shooting of it wasn't actually that bad. But seeing how the producers are presenting it, like where they're cut, as, mm-hmm. as we said in our recap, they're cutting Gabby, her one-on-one date against Rachel Recchi's one-on-one date from this last episode. So they're literally being compared shot for shot. And to have to sit there and fucking watch that and then watch yourself crying about how you don't want to be compared and you don't want it to be a competition and the producers literally make it one. I, I just don't know how that isn't traumatic for you. And I think she, unfortunately, Completely. is... um she's a little worried about and caught up with her own experience and rightly so that I don't think she's probably given much thought to how can I help defend the guys on my season? She's fucking busy trying to tread water herself. Yeah. I mean, if you're Rachel Reckia and you see the last couple episodes, you gotta be like, Hmm, (laughs) really uh, cherry picked some, some choice moments for me. And this is the problem with what they're doing that we didn't really mention in state of the game is that any future lead, anyone you might be thinking about who's going to be your next lead is also watching this. And they're thinking to themselves, do I want to fucking be Rachel Reckia? Do I want to have them completely fucking destroy me, put together a terrible fucking edit, throw me under the bus every fucking episode? Do I really want to go through that? Is it worth it? And now you're looking at her gains or even Gabby's gain. I think Gabby will probably hit a million. I don't think Rachel Reckia will. But... uh you know, you're looking at that and you're you're literally weighing the potential monetary gain of being a lead, the number next to your head, versus mm-hmm. whatever fucking psychological torture they're going to put you through to get that number. And it's like, I don't know, maybe it's not fucking worth it. <laughs> it depends on who you are. Yeah. I would say it seems like it's worth it if you're a lead, but 
not to be a player. No, a player who's not a ring winner. A player is dicey, but you have more roads, more paths to a high number next to your head. I feel like because you got paradise, and then mm. you could maybe be a crown later. Yeah, but then you have to go on paradise. Oh, God, paradise is hell on earth. I would not wish that on my worst fucking enemy. A trip to paradise. <laughs> Definitely seems like it involves going outside. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly in the sun. Clues. Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast they have great basics and foundations i got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx that's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing no nothing Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, quince boy. 
What's you got no up? idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. But that is all the gains this week. Now we're going to move on to all those tids. This is all the most important things happening from around the nation. This is... Bachelor Nation News. Up first in Bachelor Nation News, we take a trip to the links. That's right. We're talking about another great sport, golf. Last Friday saw an event take place that has the golf world abuzz in controversy. The LIV Golf Organization held an event in New Jersey at the Donald Trump-owned Bedminster Golf Course. Live Golf is funded with $2 billion from the Saudi Arabian Sovereign Wealth Fund and has drawn criticism from the PGA as well as a host of American players for the country's ties to the 9-11 attacks as well as the more recent murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But with the promise of massive payouts, some star players like Phil Mickelson see no problem playing for the fledgling golf organization. But pro players aren't the only people swinging golf clubs to pick up Saudi Arabian money on the live tour. A host of celebrities played a round before the tournament began to lend their high-profile names to the roster. Caitlyn Jenner, Donald Trump, and his son Donald Jr. played, and so did a very well-known name from our beloved game. Dark Lord Harrison himself took part in this controversial event last week. We have long predicted a political run for the Dark Lord in the near future, and his participation in a Saudi-funded golf tournament on a course owned by Donald Trump seems to support that prediction. Do you think they made a secret deal? I'm talking about Dark Lord Harrison and 45. What kind of secret deal? That when 45 was president, he was going to go on the news and compare his ratings to the Bachelor finale ratings. And in turn, DLH would join and golf wherever he asked. I don't think so, but you're seeing the confluence. I mean, Donald Trump is a reality TV star. So is Caitlyn Jenner. So is Dark Lord Harrison. I think there is this kind of like, we're all reality people type thing. And they're right wing, obviously, all of them. I think that there's like this right wing reality star kind of cabal forming that hmm. may have political aspirations. I mean, Caitlyn Jenner, didn't she run for governor of California or something? Or did she run for fucking president? She ran for governor of California. Right. So they, I feel like he's in that club of like former reality TV star turned conservative politician type person. And he's just waiting for the right moment to run. And I think his participation in events like this, I mean, fucking... Yeah. I, I don't really follow golf, but this news came to me, not even because of Dark Lord Harrison. It just was like on my radar, you know, that like, oh, they're having this thing. Donald Trump's hosting it at his golf course. It's like all these other right-wing people. A lot of the pro golfers who are playing in it are getting like criticized. There, I think five or six of them got shut out of the PGA because of it. And they're now suing the PGA. Didn't they offer to pay Tiger Woods something astronomical? Yes. It was like $600 million and he turned it down. 
Do you think they paid DLH $600 million? No, I'm sure he did it for far less. But I mean, there were like, you know, 9-11, I think it was like 15 of the 17 hijackers came from Saudi Arabia. Um, don't quote me on that number exactly, but it's it's some high percentage. You know what I mean? It's like 90% of them uh, were from Saudi Arabia. And uh, there were families at this event who were the families of people that died in 9-11 protesting the fucking event. And Dark Lord Harrison's just walking around hitting golf balls. In other news from the <laughs> right side of the nation. <laughs> uh, and by that, I mean right wing. Star season 24 player Madison Pruitt is engaged. And not to just any run-of-the-mill Christian man. She managed to lock down Grant Trout, the son of a Dallas billionaire and major donor to the Trump campaign in 2016. A billionaire son from the source, the personal virginity strategist announced her engagement on Monday via Instagram after eight months of dating. The proposal took place in Palm Beach, Florida, with Trout opting for the traditional bachelor style down on one knee, ring box in hand strategy. The announcement generated a flurry of comments from other superstar players in the nation, including Hannah Godwin, Hannah Ann Sluss, and even Ashley Iaconetti. As Pruitt pivots into a career in ministry, the influx of Trout money will no doubt make her Christian business goals come to fruition on the fastest possible timeline. We will be covering her incredible monetization of the engagement in more detail in Parasocial Plays of the Week. The shit. I mean, as soon as they started dating, I was predicting they would be engaged as soon as possible because she wants that money. You predicted this. Yeah. We got to find that clip. If Madison Pruitt wants to be a billionaire, Madison Pruitt's going to be a billionaire. More maybe than any other player in the history of the game, she makes shit happen. And she knows how to fucking get what she wants. And here she's done it. I don't know what kind of strategy she got. I really wish there was a reality show about them dating. That would be my favorite show on TV. Maybe my favorite show ever made. Because whatever she's doing is fucking working. She just plugged into a fucking billion dollar family. I feel like their show, it's going to be a lot of prayer. I'm sure there's a lot of prosperity gospel that God gives you money because he wants you to have it. That type of stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of justification of the billion dollars going on. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, yeah, if you, to get a billion dollars, you gotta be able to justify a lot of things. Right. And not donate a lot of it to charities type thing, you know, in, in the way that probably the real Jesus would have wanted. But I can't say enough good things about her post-game gameplay. This shit is fucking crazy. I think she's going to be the most famous person to have ever come from The Bachelor within five or six years. She's going to be, I think, bigger than Joel Osteen, who right now is... Mm-hmm. probably the biggest Texas uh, ministry guy, I think. He's got a giant megachurch in Houston called Lakewood, where she, by the way, has has done preaching. So she's even already plugged into that system, and now she's going to be infused with fucking billions of dollars to do whatever the fuck she wants. It's game over. Infused. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't. Your prediction was absolutely accurate. You predicted that they would get engaged super soon, and that's pretty impressive. I don't know if I hope the rest of your predictions come true. <laughs> well, I mean, my my outside outside prediction is that she ushers in the Antichrist in the end of the world. 
Speaking of engagements, the cringe king himself is in news this week. (laughs) That's right. The permanently flexed Bennett Andrew Jordan announced his own engagement this week to longtime girlfriend yoga instructor Emily Chen, who has 208,000 Instagram followers currently. Both Jordan and Chen took to Instagram to make the announcement with a series of videos and photos taken in Wyoming at Antelope Flats. We couldn't be happier for the cringe king to have found his queen, and we can't wait to see what kind of fetus play these two will no doubt be engaged in in the very near future. I love her yoga videos. They're incredible. Side note. She's actually like a crazy good, what, what do you call a yoga mm-hmm. practitioner? Yogi? Yogi? Yeah, she's uh, astounding at it. Yeah, she's athletically talented. And I, I sincerely cannot wait to see a sonogram with a little flexed fetus. Uh... <laughs> As we know in the nation, there must always exist a balance. So when some couples come together, this means that others must fall apart. We must regrettably report that Bachelor Season 22 seventh place finisher Jacqueline Trumbull has called off her engagement to fiancé Paul Selly. Trumbull took to Instagram this Wednesday to write, A deep thank you to all my wonderful friends and family and even my advisor for coming out to Portugal, even though I chose to not get married and end my relationship. Almost all my wedding guests came out and showered me with love and support. It was an incredibly moving week. I'll never forget the kindness of my friends during such a difficult time. It was also beautiful to see all these people I'd known separately fall in love with each other. I have the most brilliant, funny, thoughtful friends and family who made what could have been a terrible memory into one of love and joy. Sully proposed back in December of 2021, and the couple was set to be married in July. We wish Trumbull and Sully all the best as they move forward in this difficult time. The great one! is in the news this week. And by the news, I mean the New York Times. That's correct. Nick Vial was the subject of a fluff piece this week in The Gray Lady that detailed his journey from reality star to reality star with a podcast. The piece seems to have been arranged by Vial's publicist in anticipation of the forthcoming release of his new book, Don't Text Your Ex, Happy Birthday, and Other Advice on Love, Sex, and Dating. Congrats to The Great One. To our knowledge, the first player to have a featured article about them in the New York Times. And I'd just like to say welcome to the club, Mr. I Vial. I feel like that can't be true. <laughs> I googled around a bunch of different players that, to see if something like this had been done, and I couldn't find it. Rachel Lindsay? Couldn't find it. Matt James? Couldn't find it. Finally, in Bachelor Nation news, we want to wish a huge happy 31st birthday to Popeye Peter Weber. May your 30-second trip around our dying star be filled with love and light. Happy birthday, bud. <laughs> love and light, Popeye. I love Sweet Nums' B-Day post for Popeye. So for TRR. Love all of her posts for everything. <laughs> and now for the biggest plays that happen on our screens, in our phones, in our computers, on our watches, Google Glass. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Teddy Wright, Hunter Hagee, Rachel Rachel Recchia, Genevieve Parisi, and Jill Chin reunited to make a Love Island intro parody on Hunter's TikTok account. Hunter plays the host announcing Wright entering the villa. The video has 18.2K views. As a proud dweller in the Love Island pit, I would love to see this parasocial team do more Love Island content and impressions. I think this is a fantastic way to tap into an adjacent and overlapping fandom. 
Bachelorette 13, runner-up and player always in the conversation for a deep-cut dream bachelor crown, Peter Krause, posted a picture of the lock and key from the wine cellar he and Rachel Lindsay used with the caption, somewhere in Spain, there is still a wine locker with this matching lock on it. Probably aged pretty well after five and a half years. Lol. Is Krauss considering delivering the nation a long-awaited season? I say yes. I mean, he's been saving this lock. <laughs> if I was a like odds maker, I would give him better than 50-50 at being the next Bachelor. Why? I don't know. Just a feeling I have. And who do you think is the next most possible? Michael Olio. I would love to see that. I think it's like virtually 100% that it's one of those two. Wow. I just pick up vibes. You know what I mean? I got feelings. That's how I make most of my predictions within the nation. I feel like we're so immersed in it. We're just swimming in Mm -hmm. tids and Instagram posts and like... The zeitgeist is speaking to you. Exactly. I'm so immersed in it that I just like pick up frequencies, vibrations, probabilities, whatever you want to call it. And I'm getting strong probabilities that Peter Krause is the next Bachelor. I mean, why is he posting this if he's not at least considering it? He's revisiting his props from from the season. Olio's parasocial play, by the way, is like professional level now. He must have gotten a new camera or something. So that also wouldn't be surprising to me. Well, I know that Krause was... I mean, I thought that he would be the Bachelor even before this fucking post. Because after Rachel Lindsay's season, everybody wanted him to be The Bachelor. He wasn't The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. I believe he's 36 now, maybe. So he's still in the age range. Um, I don't know. I just feel like his window is closing. This might be the Mm -hmm. last year that they're like thinking about him, talking to him about it. And he might be thinking like, fuck, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it now. That's kind of how I feel it's moving. And I feel like they're... I mean, at least so far, there ain't a lot of candidates from the current season. I mean, we time will tell. Yeah, I think that sure. they're, if I were to guess by edits, I would say Nate also has a chance. Okay. Maybe. Tino. Maybe. Who are these people, though? Like, I don't know anything about them. You know what I mean? I got a whole season's worth of Peter Krause making it all the way to the end, wanting to walk away with Rachel Lindsay and her saying, I need to get married right now. Sorry if you're not down to fucking put a ring on my finger. Kick rocks. He got kind of a victim at it to some degree. You know what I mean? Totally. Everyone wanted him to be The Bachelor. Speaking of Tino, here's a little info for you. Tino Franco shared a memory of him talking about his own hero player, Tyler Cameron, on his Instagram story, a video from July 2019. In this Instagram story, he has long hair to his shoulders and says, Tyler C. has been holding it down all season and making us in the construction world look good. He then shares a clip posted by his sibling recording Tino watching a Hannah Brown rose ceremony and cheersing when Tyler C. gets a rose sports style. We have discussed Tino's possible hero player inspiration being the male Instagram champion before and love to see further evidence that he studied Cameron's work in game before entering the game himself. You can find that video on Bachelor Scoop's Instagram page. It was indeed an astonishing video to behold. We are in the professional era. Uh, there is no question about it. Mm-hmm. 
And any other week, the next play would have been our winner. Goat Rachel Lindsay continued her world domination this week as she casually interviewed none other than famous movie star Bradley Pitt for Extra and then posted a corresponding Instagram main grid post. In the five-slide image and video offering, she dons a shit-eating grin as she interviews one of the goats of film. In the video, she makes Pitt laugh about the roles he's going to take in his last acting chapter, and he answers, an old guy who swears a lot. Sounds like a Clint Eastwood turn. The post has 24.7K <laughs> likes and 466 comments. This post is so for TRR. She looks so gleeful, and it just makes me happy to see Rachel thriving in her job and enjoying it, or at least parasocially. <laughs> Don't I don't know her. <laughs> you ever see Pitt in person? Brad Pitt? Yeah. No. I saw him one time in person. It was at the Arclight. He was there for the premiere of uh, that movie that Angelina Jolie made called Land of Milk and Honey or whatever. I don't know. It's probably like seven or eight years ago. They were both there. And it's like, so every once in a while in fucking LA, in Hollywood, you'll just be walking down the street and you'll see some motherfucker, a famous person, maybe not even famous, but just somebody who is so like strangely attractive that they don't look human and both they of glow. them it's not even a glow it's just like what is that like you're in the wrong yeah. simulation you shouldn't be in this same place with all of us like just fucking weird lumbering around human turds they were both like that they they seemed almost as gods mm. or angels or something they like you can't i don't know how to describe it his head like his face the the symmetry of it or something i don't know what it is and she had it too they just don't look like mm -hmm. human beings. Symmetrical. It's so strange. When I saw Rihanna, it was like an angel as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations to Rachel Lindsay on <laughs> interviewing the angel Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. All of these were excellent plays and impressed us here at Gore. But there was only one post, a combo post that transcended space and time and shook us to our core. Our parasocial play of the week goes to PVC player and greatest TikTok player of all time, Madison Pruitt. First, 10 minutes before the Windekia episode premieres on a Monday night, she posted an iconic six-post Instagram main grid feast featuring Pruitt and her ring winner, Grant Trout, holding each other and her sparkler. She shows the beachside proposal that Trout performed on a small white blanket surrounded by a heart of white candles, while Pruitt wears a long white gown. In the final slide, Pruitt sends shockwaves through the nation by digging up her purity-based huju, in which she's jumped into Trout's arms, but she keeps her legs stiffly together behind her. Zero cling. She's tagged the photographer and people in the photos. She then posted a quick Instagram reel of her engagement day that is an entire production in itself. Both Pruitt and Trout are clearly mic'd up for this theoretically surprise proposal. The one-day-old reel has garnered 117.9K likes and 1.6 million views on Instagram. It picked up another 736K views on TikTok. Pruitt also launched the last piece of her recent merch line with this. Congrats to Pruitt on this incredible tour de force by the TikTok champion and future billionaire founder of Trout Ministries. Just like her book title, 
She's made for this moment. Unfucking real. The fact that it was so highly produced, shot beautifully, they're mic'd up. Like she was like, if we were going to propose to me, he might have already proposed to her, and this was all just a reenactment. I assume that's probably what happened. Not only are they doing that, she's getting the social media for it. So she's going to get paid through this. I don't know if she had sponsorship on these specific posts or not, but this kind of engagement drives higher rates to all of her other shit. Mm-hmm. She, why else would she tag people? Yeah, I'm sure that they sold it to people. And she also launched... She's been doing a merch line for the past couple of weeks. She launched the final piece of that merch in conjunction with all of this, as you said, on Bachelor Monday. We just haven't seen something like this, where she's going to monetize everything to the highest level. There's not a post she makes that isn't very pointed that doesn't have a very specific outcome in mind for her. And this just proves it. Like, she's an expert at this. I don't know. Do you follow her on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> no, not on Twitter, but like on Instagram, any of her, her video stuff. She's just a master mm-hmm. of this. And yeah. I am looking so forward to seeing what she's going to be able to do with a billion dollars or a couple billion dollars at her back. It's, it is also noteworthy that in this Pruitt solved a debate that has been raging between Bachelor Clues and myself mm-hmm. on the matter of Pruitt's possible name change. Bachelor Clues predicted that Pruitt would stay Prue, or at least hyphenate Prue Trout, and I predicted she would shed Prue and go full Trout. She will not hyphenate her name. As you can see in the video, Grant crinkles her a white Bible with her new name on it, Madison Rose Trout, and I win this debate. Hooray. Yeah, I mean, it seems that way. Seems that way, doesn't it? It seems to me like she is very into things that are almost kind of uh, supporting like patriarchal type things. Almost into it. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. She has repeatedly said she's seeking a man to rule her family through Christ. Allegedly. This is why I knew she was going to go full trout. And it also is like locking in the money. This, I mean, look, you don't get engaged to a billionaire out of luck. I don't know how she met this motherfucker, <laughs> probably through church or whatever, some some church thing that she's involved with, I'm guessing. But from the moment she was aware of who he was, she was aware of how much money he had. Because you also don't get to be the son of a fucking billionaire without everybody in every room you're in knowing that about you. Mm-hmm. It, it's the first and most important piece of information that will precede any person you're ever going to fucking meet. They will know that about you before you uh, say, hi, my name is. And that's the case here. So she's already got it in her head like, okay, he's a billionaire. Then, oh, okay, I can kind of roll with this guy. We're hitting it off a little bit. Immediately, you start building in your mind, how do I lock this in? How do I have access to more than a billion dollars for the rest of my life? And then she just did it. She put in place whatever her plan was, perfectly fucking executed. And here she's reaping the benefits. I love it. Or maybe they had a meet cute in the middle of a road at a grocery store picking up the same apple. Yeah. He forgot his checkbook and she had to like pay for his Starbucks. Yeah, she paid for him. That's it. Yeah. And then it's like, well, come back to my house and I'll I'll pay you back the $6 I owe you. And then she shows up at his house and it's like the fucking biggest mansion in, in Dallas in Highland Park. I also enjoyed that this was kind of like the purity version of the Courtney Kardashian Travis Barker proposal, okay, the Travis <laughs> proposal, 
which was in a giant red heart of flowers on a yeah. beach with candles. Yeah, it was kind of similar. Um, I just, I don't think anyone's going to come close to the level of fame she's about to accrue in the next couple of years. She is going to be gigantic. I think she's going to be like a potentially have her own talk show or something like that within the Christian world. She's definitely going to open up a ministry. She's definitely going to be doing more of these uh, guest appearances at different big mega churches. She's been doing that all over this past last year. I just think she's she's about to take a step into a level we have not yet seen from anybody in our beloved game. Right. Do you think she's going to be the first, what we would consider A-list celebrity? Yeah, I do. Because she already has like some celebrity cachet. She's able to do her Christian thing, but also step outside of the Christian world into like kind of regular mainstream celebrity. And I don't, I mean, that's invaluable. It's going to be fucking massive. Like Rachel Lindsay is going to be interviewing her about whatever, opening her new church and all that kind of shit. I think huge things are coming from her. And uh, it makes perfect sense to me. She's one of the greatest players we've ever seen. I mean, she is one of the first professional players. I'm I'm surprised, but I'm also not surprised. And Bachelor Clues and I found out this news during our pregame live show on Patreon on Monday, if you want to see us actually finding out. Yeah, live <laughs> reacting to it. But now let's move on to some of those parasocial plays that the non-humans from within the nation are making. We're talking about those pets. When Deck, your rookie Jordan H. posed with his dog Luna, and said he is on the lookout for a new dog mom now that he's been eliminated from our beloved game. Very cute post. We saw the low dog, Gus, taking a ride with the low children. We saw Dexter, that is John Hersey's dog, sporting a cute little raincoat on a hike with John Hersey. These are all great, but there can only be one winner. And this week, the parasocial creature of the week goes to Blake Horseman's dad's dog, who apparently crashed their car <laughs> into the Horseman familial home. Baylock High produced an Instagram reel displaying the aftermath of the car versus house battle, complete with a caption that read, Hey kids, just a friendly reminder to not let your dogs in the driver's seat. Surprised face slash laughing, crying face emoji. The car in question seems to have smashed through the horseman living room and caused a significant amount of damage. The post garnered comments from the likes of Caitlin Bristow and Becca Martinez. Even when pups are doing their worst, they're still the best. Congrats to the horseman family hound on this impressive achievement. I mean, it's one of the most impressive achievements we've seen by a creature normally they don't take these drastic steps in order to win this award but no the house is demolished i appreciate we're getting into the professional era of the creature game as well <laughs> some uh catastrophic damage insurance that you're gonna have to be claiming there and like moving out of that place it's non-livable this dog drove a car yeah. through their home <laughs> it's it's the craziest shit i've ever seen Please go check out Blake Horseman. <laughs> it's about like his fourth main grid post at this point. No one was hurt. No one was hurt. But that wraps up all the parasocial plays from humans and creatures alike. And now it is time for us to move on to that portion of our program where we indulge in the deepest part of our fandom with our beloved game. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. 
And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious. And I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program... It has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine, tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. 
Terms and conditions apply. This is Screams from the Pit! My scream this week is that when we were doing our Patreon live before the episode on Monday and we found out about the the Trout Pruitt proposal, I could not focus for the rest of our <laughs> live. I could not focus for that night. I just kept looking at the post and watching the video and DMing people and being like, are they mic'd? That sound quality is crazy. And like, just in a way that, I mean, it's my job, but this was to to another level of like, meditation spending way too much of my living rent free in my head this proposal just because it's you know it's the it's the only player to be marrying into this amount of money or getting this amount of money period and it's fascinating and i am so curious to see what develops from this as am i I just can't imagine it's going to not be Pruitt Trout or or whatever Trout Ministries. I think that's coming. Pruitt's gone. Not yet. Not yet. You think you would have printed that Bible without that discussion? Uh uh uh. I don't know. I don't know. But I agree with what you said earlier. Like Pruitt obviously is the product of countless patriarchal systems of control, and I think she's very used to them, and they make her very comfortable. Everything from uh, you know, her dad being the spiritual leader of her family and all the pictures mm-hmm. of her kind of like kneeling at his feet and stuff that she's posted over the years. Yeah. All the way to being in The Bachelor, which is another patriarchal system of control. <laughs> you know, they've made sure that they <laughs> maintain that when they hired DLP. But, uh, and obviously, um, Christianity is that as well. So I think for her, you know, maybe it is like one of the tenets of Christianity that she's going to uphold. The woman must take the man's name. You no longer are allowed your identity once you're married. You now must take the identity of your husband. But He's the leader. Yeah. At least in name. This is where I think she diverges from that. I think she is the leader. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. He ain't, I don't mean that. Yeah, he's not making <laughs> any more decisions other than like what to print on the fucking Bible he gave her at the, the uh, proposal. You know, I think she's going to be making every fucking decision for that family down to like yeah i think she i think they have her last name in spirit yes i agree i totally agree and she's the face of it but yeah i just i couldn't stop thinking about it and it it just affected me in a way that bachelor parasocial plays don't normally (laughs) unless i scream yeah i think grant trout is going to be like the silent investor to Madison Pruitt or Mm -hmm. Madison Trout Industries. I I just can't imagine that she's not going to be selling everything. Like, you think that she's good at monetizing little pillows and outfits and shit that's like Madison Mm Pruitt-y. Purity rings, bracelets. You think she's good at that? Wait till she has a million fucking people in a church. You want to see her sell some shit then? She's going to be selling fucking everything. It's going to be fascinating. I think she's going to build something of a billion dollar Christian cult. And uh, I'm fascinated to watch it all happen. I can't wait. <laughs> well, I hope I hope your prediction about the Antichrist is wrong. 
Well, we'll see. <laughs> Time will tell. That was not my scream, though. My scream this week <laughs> has to do with uh, me having the COVID-19 virus rampaging through my veins this past week. And as I laid in bed and tried to recover, I told myself, you know what? I'm going to do something for fun. I'm going to try and take pleasure in something. And I did a hyper for pleasure, a pleasure hyper of Bachelorette <laughs> season one. Pleasure hyper yeah. is such a funny word. <laughs> I pleasure hypered. I didn't take any stats. I just watched as quick as I could. And I mean, fuck, it was good. It was, it just was like, I don't know how to describe this other than it's kind of like when you haven't smoked weed in a little while and your tolerance is down and then you smoke a joint and you're fucking super high again. It felt like that. Yeah, I definitely know what that's like. (laughs) You're like, yeah, taking a break from weed. Uh, After you take a break, yeah. I took a 13-year break from weed, age 0 to 13. Um, It was so fucking fun to watch for a variety of reasons. That's great. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself during your spell. Well, I mean, I felt like shit, but it was very pleasurable because I got to see Trista Sutter, then Trista Rain, meet Bob Gin Gin Guinea for the first time in that season. They are now the co-hosts of AFOG, Almost Famous OG. Mm. Was that chemistry there on night one? No, they were immediate friends <laughs> on night one. Immediate friends. And y- no, but I mean that. I mean like friendship chemistry. Yes, absolutely. She like he was making her laugh, and you could just tell the vibe between them was not like romantic in any way on the first moment they met. And they've maintained this friendship for twenty fucking years, and now they're doing like podcasts together and shit. It was just like that part was great to see. It was great to see the classic era game. It was great to see a couple of firsts that happened in limo exits, which we had, you know, our, we know when they first happened in Bachelor, but to see them be predated, well, the first Aloha, for example, was a guy named Paul. I don't know his last name. He was from Hawaii. Lost to time. Lost to time. Well, you could probably just Google that one. I don't know. But he did the first Aloha by saying literally Aloha, which I found fascinating. What? Yes. Uh, there was also a guy who did the first standy. I forget who that was, but... Those things were all interesting, but the most interesting thing to see, the thing that I liked the most about it was the sense that being the Bachelorette is a fucking prize. It is a coveted experience. They will protect you, and they are going to raise you up to full fucking glory. It was such a stark contrast to what we're seeing now that I was like, they got to get back to this, and I think eventually they will. I'm I'm really actually hopeful, and I know I've said this every season for the past like five seasons, but I'm very hopeful that this season will be the one that makes <laughs> them realize they have to go back to that. The lead has to be protected. The lead has to be elevated. We have to go back. We have to go back. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. Uh, deep cut. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed it in a way that... Uh, it felt almost foreign to me at this point because we've had to slog through what we're going through this season where you're just watching leads break down in fucking tears and not want to be there every fucking episode. Whereas Trista, not only was she like elated to be there and having fun, there were a couple of moments that got a little testy with a few of the guys and she had to put them in their place, you know, standard bachelorette type shit. But you also got to see like Ryan Sutter, his poetry game 
All the poems that you have ever seen in The Bachelor came from Ryan Sutter that season. He had a poem for her every time he fucking showed up with her, basically. He's employed by them, and he writes all the poems <laughs> yeah. for everyone. He's now. the poem master of <laughs> contemporary Bachelor Nation. I don't know if that's true, but fuck, this guy was good. And you want to talk about shy style? That's where it started, okay? Ryan he is Sutter. the OG shy style oh my God. player. And he's he's better than any shy style player I've ever seen. When you're watching these players back in that era... Uh, there's no Instagram. There's no paradise. He's truly unaffected by like the the possibility of fame. Truly a firefighter. Yeah, he's truly a firefighter, but he's also for TRR. And you can tell he really does mm-hmm. like uh, Trista. Many of the players did. There's just an innocence about that season um, and a purity that I don't know if we can ever get again. But there are elements of it that I think can return and should return. Primarily protecting your lead. I think that is the biggest takeaway so far for me from this season is the importance of protecting your lead. I mean, we kind of got it with Clayton. They destroyed him as well, but it feels worse somehow, I guess, that they're doing it to Rekia. I don't know why. It's because the Clayton thing was Clayton is still the bachelor, singular. He still had a group of 30 players or whatever. And like the structure of the game was still there. And if he's doing dumb shit, it's like you can kind of be like, well, that's a little on him. You know, like maybe the producers are telling him to tell all three players he had sex with them or that he loves them all or whatever. But it's still ultimately is up to him whether he's going to do that or not. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, all right, you got to be smarter. Fine. We can at least reconcile that. This shit? She hasn't done anything to deserve this. No. That we've seen. And the two bachelorettes, it's like there's no way that there's no way to protect two bachelorettes simultaneously. The construction no. of it is bad. Unless they had two different pools that never meet each other and they never meet the other person's players. Then that's just called season 19 and 20 of Bachelorette or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like two separate seasons. Yeah. This was a bad idea from the beginning, I think. The the dual Bachelorettes. And I (laughs) I do think that they hopefully have learned their fucking lesson. Time will tell. But anyway, that's my scream. I mean, I feel like it's just going to get worse. We'll see. We will. Uh, I pleasure hypered season one of The Bachelorette. I think I'm going to continue pleasure hypering. I do enjoy it. But now we're going to move on and we are going to play a scream from a listener. If you are on our Patreon, you get access to the Game of Roses Discord. In that Discord, you can submit your own scream. They have to be a minute or less and we play some of the best ones here. This scream comes to us from a listener named Rachel Zizda. Are you ready for the scream? Let's go. Hello, fellow pit dwellers. This is Rachel, and I am brand new to the Discord and Patreon. So I have somewhat of an older scream, but it is great nonetheless. So back in April, I attended what I will call the real Bachelor Live on Stage experience, which was Jason Tardick's book tour. And at a Chicago show, he asked for four volunteers to come up on stage and do mock limo entrances to himself the female goat KB, and none other than Sauce Slinger Grocery Store Joe. And naturally, I was one of the four volunteers, so I get up there, do my my limo entrance, make it to the second round, in which I had to literally make a sales pitch to Grocery Store Joe himself to win an entire case of sauce. And your girl left with a case of sauce. I actually, I DM'd you guys on Instagram and Dark Seeker posted it on, on the story back when it actually happened. But I just wanted to share my, my scream in audio format. And let me know if you want more of the story because it was a literal sauce war. Rachel, Rachel, Zizda, 
<laughs> this was such a good scream. I actually laughed out loud during it. That doesn't happen often. No, this, I mean, usually the screams are terrifying and they don't really produce laughter. But this I weep. was a great scream. I agree, a very funny one. I'm curious what the pitch was to Grocery Store Joe. But the fact that you have this case of sauce, what do you do with a case of sauce? Are you eating the sauce? Yeah. And how long does a case last you? Is that a year? Is that a month? Is that a day? I'm not sure. Are you making parasocial content with the entire case of sauce? I feel like you have to. Is the case of sauce autographed by GSJ? Is it now an <gasps> artifact from the peripheral environment of our beloved game? God, I, I also love this pitch, this reframing. The real Bachelor Live on stage is actually Jason Tardick's book tour. That's hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> are you going to go to certain other people's book tours? You think Vial will do one? I feel like maybe. Is that who you're getting it? You don't think he will? I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. When does that book come out? October 4th. Soon. I feel like you have to go. Indeed. Wear the wig. But thank you, Rachel, for submitting this scream. I loved it. I'm very glad that you got a case of sauce. I mean, it's my hope that any of these events that go on where prizes are offered in any way, that the only people ever winning the prizes are pit dwellers. I would assume that to be the oh, case yes. at this point. High-level players who understand the game. You got to be the first responder in the volunteering <laughs> at the <laughs> at the event. That's right. Um, we will also try to look in our archives and repost that that uh, parasocial play as well, so people can see. Yes, but thank you again, Rachel, for submitting your scream. It was a lovely scream. And for anybody else out there who wants to submit theirs, you just go to patreon.com slash gameroses. Join us in the bottom of the pit. Get access to that Discord and record your one-minute scream. Put it in the Discord, and we may play it right here. But that wraps up this week in Bachelor Nation. Thank you for joining us. And remember, we're going to have a very important Digging Deeper coming out Monday. We hope you'll join us for that on the Patreon. Some of these clips... I just don't know what to do with myself during the Sauce Wars. I start going fucking crazy thinking about this shit. It's a we have a frenetic fun energy when we're talking Sauce Wars. God, I got to get that T-shirt. I know mine's coming as well. But thanks again for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been seven thousand four hundred and thirty-eight days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Trout. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 